so here we go. Uh, when I was last Sunday, I went to uh, church with um, my uh, my son and, and his uh, new wife, and, and they do things differently there. Like they read this passage all together, and the whole time I'm thinking, yeah, um, we could do that. Uh, people can read it at least as well as these people. So let's, uh, let's, uh, we're going to try that. Um, John, so, so let's, let's read this together out loud, okay? And then, and then we'll kind of unpack it because God has a lot for us this morning, okay? So, so do this with me. If you want to follow along, you want to read it like in your things, it's on like page 1130 in, in those hardback. This is Colossians 1. Okay, ready? And yeah, a lot of you, a lot of you are not with me. I knew it from the ah, 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 in the end. Okay, ready? And you, who were one alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation and of which... And of which I, Paul, became a minister. Okay, I just want to say, you didn't do the choreography, but you sounded great. You sounded great. Okay, I'm so glad. Thank you. You were right. That was good. Um, this is for all of us. This is for all of us um, who are tired. Because we're tired. Because we have tried, and we have tried, and we have tried. But we never seem to be able to change this one aspect of our behavior. This one aspect of our lives. Say, I didn't see that there. You're gonna. It's, it's really, really cool. So we have tried. We can't ever seem to change our behavior. We can't seem to change this, this aspect of the way we speak to people. The way we talk to them. We can't change this aspect of the, our attitudes or, or the ways that we feel our emotions. It's just... We we try, but we can't break this pattern. You know, are you are you tracking with me? We try, but we can't get out of this rut. We we try, but we can't we can't change this habit. And and it's different for all of us. Whatever that one thing is, or maybe more than one thing, it's just it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, maybe some for some of us, I know um, you have a hard time kind of reining in spending. Maybe, um, just, you know, you always, you, you, you try, you're not going to go to the mall, you're not going to shop online, but yeah, you're not going to use your credit card anymore, and it's not, it's not working out. Some of you, some of us, it's, uh, it's different. It's, we're always feeling discouraged and defeated. When things are up, we still feel discouraged and defeated. When things are normal, we feel discouraged and defeated. When we're down, we, it's just, we feel that way all the time. Some of you, it's anger, Right? Right, you um, you feel angry, and you stuff it down. And you try to manage, it and it's always there. It's always there. For some guys, it's like you can't stop looking at porn. You can't do it. You just you have tried. You have tried a, a hundred different ways, hundred different times, and you just can't make that change. You can't make that change. Whatever that thing is, you can't stop feeling incredibly insecure you know and that's true for um for me and so many of my you know the, my friends who i know here 
that, that's, that's true. Um, sometimes it's our feelings about ourselves, which aren't really good. In fact, sometimes those of us who seem like the most happy with ourselves are actually the opposite. And you know that. I mean, you just know that inside yourself. You've tried to fix that. And maybe it's what you wear. Maybe it's what you do. Maybe it's what you listen to. You try, but you're still dealing with that. And so God has a word for us that that change can take place. That change can take place. But here's why it hasn't so far. Here's why it hasn't so far. Because we're trying to treat the symptoms and not the disease. We're trying to do this from the outside in and not the inside out. So um, about 2,000 years ago, right? This guy, the, the Apostle Paul, whose, whose name was Saul at the time, went through this huge change. The kind of change that you and I want for different areas of our life, for our life in general, right? And so he wrote to a church about how to do this, how to find this. And so I think that for somebody like him who went from hating believers in Jesus Christ so much that he would actually have them killed or imprisoned or, or beaten or, or, you know, persecuted. And he went from that whole 180 degrees to routinely risking his life so that people could know about Jesus and believe in Jesus and follow Jesus and, and sacrifice himself to build them up in the faith, right? I mean, that kind of change, you would think he would know something about it. So here's, here's what we read. Here's what he had to say. Um, and you. Um, let's, let's bring the whole thing up there. Okay, we'll just unpack it really quick. Thank you. And you. And by you, he means you. Okay, and me. And you. This deep stuff. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Okay, now, so right there, he knows of what he's writing about because that's like his former life, right? That's, that's who he was. Uh, he has now reconciled. And it, okay, now, who are we talking about here? Who's the he? Okay, some of you are saying it like you're ventriloquist. Like you're not sure. Like I've asked this question 800 times over the last seven years. The answer is always the same. It's Jesus. Who's he? Oh, yeah. He has now reconciled. Now reconciled, that's a beautiful word, right? He's take things that were apart and brought them together. And that's you and me and God, right? right? He, he, he took us who were alienated and He made us, He carried us from being far apart from God into God's constant loving embrace, right? So He reconciled us um, in His body of flesh by His death in order, in order, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Now, this is the best life. This is the blessed life. This is the life of ever-increasing joy, ever-increasing freedom, ever-increasing grace, ever-increasing uh, peace. It's ever-increasing life, right? This is what it is. This is the only person whose opinion matters about you saying, you are the apple of my eye. That's, that's what that is. So whether you're a follower of Jesus Christ or not, this is kind of the life that we're longing for, we're aching for, is, is for the person who most matters 
to love us no matter what. So incredibly much. Uh, Okay. And if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting, not shifting. From what? The hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, uh, and of which I, Paul, have become a minister. So um, if we're going to have this, if we're going to experience this, it has something to do with clinging to uh, understanding the hope of the gospel. Okay, um, we see that here. Uh, so we have to know what, what is the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel, okay, in a nutshell, it's this. It's uh, you and I, Knowing experientially, not knowing cognitively, not knowing because we've heard a lot, knowing experientially how much Jesus loves you. Experientially. So how do we know that? Where's the proof? Um, The proof is this, that Jesus, God with skin on, um, who has everything, needs nothing, um, didn't have a love relationship with you. And wanted that so much that he came on a rescue mission for you um, to rescue you and me from our broken ways of living and loving and, and thinking and feeling, right? So much so that he traded his life, his beautiful, glorious, holy life for our broken life. He traded it on the cross. In fact, he he gave it and he exchanged his perfect way of living and loving and thinking and being for our broken way of doing all those things. And he didn't just say, okay, now your slate's clean. Um, I'm going to put you in loving relationship with God no matter what. And, and good luck with that. He said, no, um, I'm going to actually even do this for you. I'm going to move into you. Um, if you'll have me. And I'm going to relive this beautiful life that I've already credited you with. I'm going to live it again through you. Okay? In ever-increasing love and ever-increasing joy and ever-increasing peace. Okay? And so your life, your eternal life starts that moment. It doesn't start when you flatline here. You just kind of step over the line and get swallowed up in that which you've been growing in your whole time with him. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. That's the hope of the gospel. And there is something, there's something that you hope for in your life. Um, and it might be like winning the lottery, becoming financially independent, becoming a star, becoming a, a music person. I, I, I don't know what you hope for or the best thing that could ever happen to you in your mind. But that, that, uh, that favor of God, that oneness with God, that, 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 like, like every, every, good fortune, uh, every lottery win, every person who's ever done all that they've dreamed of in this, you put all that together, it's not even a flea bite compared to this. Okay, the God of the universe looking at you, you are my boy, you are my girl, I can't even imagine um, not loving you. I'm going to spend eternity kind of pouring this out, right? And, and, and we love him back because it's a response to that. So this is incredible. So that is the hope of the gospel. But we have to go back to the beginning um, to see how do, we, how do we get this hope of the gospel? How do we um, tap into that? 
and, and do it in such a way that we experience that change, that change that we were talking about, that we all long for, but seldom, if ever, experience. So, so we go back to the beginning, and Josh, if you'll do that, just get us that first verse. Okay, so here's how um, Paul starts out, and you, and we talked about who that is. You know, you know, you know who that is. Okay, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. So there's the problem, right? With these are the... These are the things that doing evil deeds, right? Those are the things that we want to change, that we wish were different. We look at our lives, right? Here's what we do. We look at our lives and we say, um, this is not what I want it to be. This is not how it's supposed to be. Um, And I have tried and I have tried and I've tried. Um, So the first thing that you and I do when we want to fix this, um, and I know a little bit about this because I've gotten it wrong, um, is go right to the end there. The doing the evil deeds. I got to stop doing this thing that is unraveling my, my work and my relationships and my loves and my peace. I'm gonna, I gotta stop doing this thing. I'm gonna do what my mama has told me to from day one. And that is behave, right? I'm going to white knuckle my behavior. I got a question. How's that working for you? (laughs) It ain't working for me. I know because I tried it and it's not supposed to work. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Isn't that the message of Christianity? Do better, behave, live moral. I hope not, because that's not working. I mean, really, like look in the mirror. Look, well, look at the person sitting next to you. I don't know who they are, but I tell you, it ain't working for them either. If all we needed to do was behave, Jesus could have stayed home. Mm. So the message is deeper. The message is deeper than behave, but here's how we do it, right? Here's how we go about it. We say, you know, this is, this is what is going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really buckle down. I got a way to do this now. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to start doing these things. And, and you don't have the victory, right? You've tried for years and years, right? Or you think, you feel like, and maybe you are, you're getting some headway in this area, right? You're making some progress here. I'm disciplined. I'm going to get this... And you're making some progress here. But all that brokenness and ugliness, it's springing out somewhere else. Right? So um, you, how do you know so much about it? Because I've messed up in every way. Yeah. So, um, you know, you say, I got to get things right at my work or job or school. And you're getting that. And it's starting to get. And, and then it's like falling apart over here in your relationships. Or you're going to get your, your spending under control. or something, You know, and then your lust is just going crazy. You ever seen that um, old picture of the boy trying to stop the leak in the dike or the dam? I said, damn, in church. <laughs> and he puts his finger in, right, in the hole. And, and then it starts springing leaks in other places. And so he's trying to keep up, but he's running out of fingers. Right? You know what this is like. This is trying to manage your behavior um, from the outside in. And it doesn't work. Now, those of us who are religious, we got different strategies, right? We're going to say, this is a spiritual problem. And I would, I would agree. But here's how we're going to do it. We're going to come to church more. We're going to read our Bible more. We're going to pray more. 
you know, these are all wonderful, great things. And I encourage you to do all of them. All three of those, okay? But if you're honest, you've tried this. You've tried this as a, as a way to, to see this change in your life. And it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened because um, these things alone, while they're wonderful things, if we don't do this one thing, um, they don't deliver. They weren't meant to. They do a different thing, right? Okay? They're, they're changing our hearts. They're, they're, but we, we, we were not seeing the fruit of that. Unless we do this one thing. What is that one thing? Well, we've got to go back. We've got to go back and take a look. And you who were once alienated, hostile mind, doing evil deeds. So if it's not outside in, if it's not fixing the, the stuff, the, the, the deeds, the words, the thoughts, the emotions, where does that come from? It says hostile in mind. That's, that's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. We're hostile in mind. This mind of mine, this mind of yours is the factory for all of the destructive and broken and, and wrong ways of, of living and loving and, and working and, and playing and relating to other people and feeling and emotions. It's in, it's in your mind. It's in, it's in my mind. Um, my attitudes. Um, it can be the site of all that um, is wrong. The battle. It's right here. It's right here. It's won or lost here. Don't you? Okay. Think about this. Think about this for a minute. Every destructive, um, angry, mean thing that you've ever said to another person that kind of rips their heart out, right? Have you not already rehearsed that conversation how many times? Right? Okay. If, um, if we're talking about um, sexual sin, okay, have you not played that? Imagine that already? Rehearse that? Um, for every, um, that's what we do, right? The battle is won or lost here. We are hostile in mind. So it doesn't really matter if we, if we had the power to change our behavior. I mean, isn't that what you often hear from society? You often hear from the church. If everybody would just stop blank, we'd all be better off. Well, no, we really wouldn't. You know, because here's what would happen. We'd stop doing this whatever. Well, you know, this designer sin. They're just smoking those doobies. If everybody would just stop smoking that pot in Colorado. No, you know, then, then like we'd all be saved. Like, right? No. Okay. I'm not saying go smoke pot. Okay. What I'm saying is if you change your behavior, but you and I don't have that mind change, then rebellion and bad, they're just going to come out somewhere else. It's deeper than behavior. You see what, I'm, see what I'm going? Okay. So we have to look at that. We have to look at that. Unless we do this one thing. So how do we do it? How do we get this hope of the gospel in our mind? Because that's where, how do we get that? So we go to 2 Corinthians 10.5. Thank you. Paul, same guy, writes this. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And here's the thing I want you to remember. Take 
every thought captive to obey Christ. Okay? We are going to take every one of our thoughts and make sure that each one of them celebrates who Jesus is in, in all His glory and His beauty and how much He loves us in the gospel. Even when we don't deserve it. Especially when we don't deserve it. We're going to make sure all our thoughts fit in line with that. Okay? So how do we do that? How do we do that? If this is the key to that change that we, that we long for, and it's offered to us, and Paul's saying you can have it, well, we, we got to know how to do it. He said, take it in every thought captive to obey Christ. So I thought of an example, and naturally, uh, it was connected to food. Okay, so it's fruit. So it's healthy. Okay, go with me on this. This is, uh, um, this is meant to uh, be a representation of a produce section of the grocery store. Anybody ever bought produce in a grocery store? Okay, you, you, have, you have never? Okay, high five. Yeah, she just raised her hand. Okay, you did. Okay, so we all have, we can all relate. The thing that some of you cannot relate to, I'm, I'm not abusing you, I'm sorry. Okay, just a little I was. Um, the thing that some of you probably can't relate to um, is that have you ever lived in, in like a sketchy inner city neighborhood and shopped for produce at the grocery store? Some of you have. I see some not. And you know that is not for the squeamish, the elderly, or those with pacemakers. It can get terrifying. No, it really, really, it looks like they play ball with the fruit and, and like all of them are really good hitters, right? So you have to be very careful about, and, and, but the same is true if you're shopping at City Market or Safeway, right? And that's amazing. He pointed in the general direction of both stores and he's inside. How can he tell? Pastor superpowers. That's how it is. Okay. So you're shopping. Okay. I'm going to get punished for a lot of this later. Uh, okay. Not pastor. We're shopping for fruit. And so what we're going to do, regardless of whether we're in the sketchy inner city or at city market or Safeway is we are going to, we're going to examine Every piece of fruit. Because because it's in the bin, right? It's available. It's offered to you, right? It's offered to you. But you don't have to take it home. You don't have to take it home, do you? No. You pick each piece up. And you're going to examine it. You're going to study it. To see whether this particular piece of fruit is worthy of coming home. Of your adoption. Because you're not just going to take it home with you. It will eventually become part of you. Right? I don't want to weigh you down with all this responsibility. But this is a heavy decision you're making. So here is the fruit. And this one. You know, you're looking for apples. And this one. This one is shiny. The color is good. And it's looking good until you turn it around. And you see this. You see this, my friends. And to the untrained eye, to the untrained eye, this looks like just a bad spot. But I will tell you, this is a classic case of fruit cooties. Yes, it is. I saw, no, don't laugh. I saw Snow White. I know how this ends. So you put the fruit down and you walk away slowly. That is not coming home, right? Or what about this one? Pick it up by the stem because it looks like this one was shipped in a piñata, right? 
You know how this happens, don't you? Is that people go to the grocery to pick out apples or whatever, and they're getting distracted, and, and one falls and bounces several times? Maybe it ricochets. Are they taking that one? No! They're putting it back for you! I had to watch out because, like, Kevin, the manager at City Market, he comes at 9 o'clock. I had to watch what I say. So this one, this one is just like, this is applesauce held together with skin and saying, Take me home! Take me home! No, no. You are staying here. You are staying here. But this, this one on the other hand, I turn it around, I look at it, it's shiny. It's got variants of color. It's firm. It smells good. It looks good. This one. This one, I'm taking it. And it's juicy and good. I have to pause because it's rude to talk with my phone. Look inside it. It's good. It's good. Now, simple lesson, right? What would you be if you went to the grocery to shop for fruit and without looking, you needed five. You're just going to pick five. It doesn't matter. What would you be? Stupid! <laughs> now knowing what you know. Because some of it's bruised and some of it's rejected and some of it's bad. Especially if you're in a, in a, you know, a place that doesn't care that much about it. Just because it's offered to you doesn't mean you have to take it. Just because it's offered and available doesn't mean you have to accept it. That which we understand about fruit, can we not also apply to our thoughts? To pick up every thought and see if this celebrates the beauty and the glory of who Jesus is and how he feels about me. The gospel. The hope of the gospel. If we were to do that, if we were to gauge all these things and we pick up the rotten and, this, and the thing and we just say, you know, offer, I ain't taking it. And, and we only receive those thoughts that, are, that, that elevate Jesus Christ, that celebrate Jesus Christ and, and how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us, as we say. If we did that, we would have what, what, what the Bible calls a gospel-saturated mind. A gospel-saturated mind. That is what Paul's talking about with the hope of the gospel. And if we, if we chase those thoughts, if we clung to those thoughts, if we reflected on those thoughts, if we reviewed those thoughts, if we relished and savored those thoughts, our lives would be completely different. And our behavior, our words, the way that we try to live and love and manage would take care of itself would take care of itself that's a big that's a big thing sounds like the bo- the, that, that book that everybody was buying the secret sounds like the secret that's a really good book no it's not <laughs> a lot of people bought it a lot of people like it um, let me tell you um, in, a, in a nutshell what it is because um, it can sound familiar 
the secret is trying to tell you uh, that attractional um, thinking, positive attractional thinking, right? The power of attraction. That if I picture something, um, it is going to uh, set loose the forces of the universe. Um, and it's going to bring me health, wealth, and happiness. Mostly wealth, if you read the book. Okay? Look, I, I wouldn't be doing you any favors if I didn't tell you that that is um, New Age excrement, uh, and it's a lie. Okay? Um, the power of your thoughts without Jesus Christ cannot control the universe. It cannot control health. It cannot control wealth. It cannot control happiness. Uh, let's, okay, let's assume that it could. Okay? Let's assume that it could. And that if you did this, you could be wealthy, happy, and healthy. Okay? You could. Which you can't, but let's assume. Every one of those things can be taken away from you before you eat lunch today. Every single one. If all that you and I want is a lot of stuff and money, happiness, whatever that looks like, and health, it only takes one phone call from the right person with the wrong news. None of that means anything to you like that. However, what we're talking about here, what Paul is talking about, what Christ is promising is the gospel saturated mind, which now and forevermore gives you this, this peace and this joy and this amazing um, awareness of, of God's nearness and his affection for you that no matter what is going on in your life, you can have that. You're healthy, you're sick. You're wealthy, you're poor. You're happy, you're down. You got this. You got this. And that just increases as we walk with him, as we know him. And we see our behaviors changing. Why? Because our hearts, Christ lives in your heart. He's changing your mind. He's changing your mind because he's, you, he's shown you how to do this. His spirit is in you. You have a choice. You have a choice. Look, um, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you that like, you have an en enemy, right? You know that? Um, the Bible calls him Satan. Um, he can't do a lot of things, right? If, if Christ is in your heart, right, if, if you've surrendered your life to him, your heart is off limits to him, right? Um, he can't control your life. He can't control your behavior. He can't control your mind, okay? What Satan can do is offer you thoughts. He can offer you thoughts. He can present a bin of apples in front of you in, and thoughts. And here's the problem. Um, when he offers those destructive thoughts that are hostile to the mind and heart of God for you, here's what we tend to do. We tend to do what our first parents did. We take whatever fruit he promises and we take it home and we eat it. 
What does that look like in our thoughts? It looks like this for many of us. When you hear and you're offered this thought, you are worthless scum and you'll never amount to everything, anything. God could never forgive you. People know this and you're hopeless. You want to buy that apple? 90 plus percent of us do. And when we do, we agree with it. We receive it and we say, you know what? I'm worthless scum. Given what I've been and what I've done, God could never love me. People could never love me. Everybody knows it. I got no hope. That's what it looks like. Or maybe it's about other people. You know, this person, this person is worthless. Yeah. You're going to treat them like worthless when you buy that and you say, yeah, yeah, they really are. I'm going, to say, I'm going to treat them worthless. You know, here's what it looks like for guys who, st- and I, I, I keep going back to like, like lust and porn and stuff because statistically like 60 plus to 70% of guys are wrestling with that. Um, check that out, right? You think about how much fun it'd be to be with that woman, huh? Huh? And you buy that and you say, yeah, I'm enjoying thinking about how much fun it would be to be with this woman. Yeah. Every infidelity, every sexual sin, it's already been rehearsed here. He offers it to you. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to buy it. You reject it. But we have a lot of excuses, don't we? For why, why we think and feel and are the way we are. I was... I'm always been this way. This is how I am. Um, I was raised to feel this way, to think this way. If you went through what I've gone through, you would feel this way too. You would think this way. Hey, I'm not trying to take that away from you um, or diminish that, the hurt of that. But here's the truth. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the old has passed away and the new has come. You are a new creation in him. Why do you keep buying thoughts? Why do you keep receiving thoughts that are associated with who you were? Say, but I'm still doing this. Yes, in Christ, you are a new creation. He doesn't see you as somebody who's guilty. You're forgiven. You're a new creation. Look, um, if you are still after years and years and years and years with walking with Christ, you're still dealing with the same broken thought patterns, then you're not growing in him into the freedom and the joy that he died and rose again to give you, okay? So I'm not, I'm not coming down on you. I just, you and I need to be honest about this, that if our thoughts aren't changing, our life isn't changing, our faith isn't growing, we're static, okay? But you have a choice. You have a choice. You can discern what this is. You can discern these thoughts. And the more you do it, the clearer and easier it gets. It's like you're having fun. Oh, he's going to lob that one to me? I ain't taking it. You know, you don't even harbor it. You just see it. That one's done. This one? Oh, I'm taking this. I'm going to ride on this one for a long time. Why? Because it exalts Jesus Christ, how he feels about me, his work in the world. This other one, that's destructive. I don't know, what's your sport? You know, Do whatever you do, but get rid of it. 
if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't have a choice. Because Satan can control your thoughts. Satan can control your life. Because he is your God. And again, I'm not coming down. I'm just telling you what Scripture teaches. Take a look. Take a look at 2 Corinthians 4.4. In their case, in the case of people who aren't Christ followers. And this has nothing to do with how good a life you are living or not. It has to do with, with who you're surrendering to. In the case of unbelievers, the God, small g of this world, that's Satan, has, look at those words, blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of what? The gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So, so Satan, um, for those who haven't surrendered and been rescued and set free by Jesus, here's what he does. He doesn't allow us to see the gospel, much less receive the gospel, much less be able to pursue this gospel-saturated mind that would come out in every relationship, in every word, in every emotion, in every endeavor. He blinds the minds. But that can change. That can change. But we have to go back to the original passage in 21 and trace it all the way back to the beginning. Let's look at uh, Colossians 1.21, please. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. So if we can't, if, if, if for us we, we can't just fix the the deeds, the doing, right? Because we have to fix the mind or have Christ fix us from the inside out because you can't fix what's broken on the inside without Jesus, right? So we have to go back and look at the mind. But those who are without Christ have no hope of this because they are alienated. They're separated. They're lost. So even if you try to apply this mind thing, You can't, because the source of that is alienation. Alienation, being separated, being lost in in a different orbit than God. But you don't have to be lost, because Jesus has found you now. And he could change it all. Let's pray. Lord, um... You have shown us a glorious possibility of having a mind that is so um, completely um, drenched in, saturated in, rejoicing in um, who you are and how you feel about us. Lord, but um, some of my friends here, some of us here have never received you as Lord. Lord, um, I would ask that you would open their eyes, open their minds, open their ears to your voice, Jesus, as you say um, to them, uh, I offer you, I love you, I have found you. I offer you my mind of peace and love and joy um, in place of your troubled mind, your racing mind, your darkened, accusing self-accusing, suffering, doubting, fearful, angry, anxious, insecure mind. I offer it to you, but to have my mind, you say, you've got to take my hand. 
And so Jesus is here and he's offering you new life of unity with him, with the Father, and setting you gradually more and more free. He's offering that to you. Please, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, do so now. Don't let this moment pass. If, if, if your heart, it, you, you know that he's speaking it, you, this, is, this is for you. And you say, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Um, I, I just encourage you, just quietly, just slip your hand up to God. I want to pray with you. If, if you'd say, yes, this is, this is for me. I'm coming home. I'm tired. God bless you. God bless you out there. I see. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. God bless you. Okay. Okay. Make this your prayer. Hand up or not. Lord, um, I've been trying to make my life right. And I never can. I know it's because I'm alienated from you. And I believe that you came for me. You died for me on the cross. And I ask you to forgive me for trying to manage my life myself. Lord, move in. Change my mind. Lord, change my life to what you created me to be. And I'll follow you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Still praying. There are believers here, a lot of them, who have received Jesus Christ a long time ago. But as we've talked about being stuck in patterns of thought, and so in patterns of behavior, in patterns of words and speech, um, you, along with me, have been convicted uh, of not taking every thought captive and making sure that it um, celebrates and rejoices in Christ. And so you have not had the gospel-saturated mind that you long to, that Christ calls us to, that, um, that's been offered. We've chosen to buy bad fruit, bad thoughts. And you want to repent. And, and, and repentance literally means changing your mind. Turn around and walk a different way. And we can only do that from the inside out with the grace of Christ. Make this your prayer, Lord. We have been careless about our thoughts. We have not made the choice to discern what would glorify you. And so our lives don't glorify you. And they're falling apart unnecessarily. Lord, we want to come back. Be restored. And we ask for the discernment to take every thought captive. Reject the ones that are lies from the enemy. And live in and cherish and cling to the ones that celebrate you. We can only do that through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we're excited that this is the beginning of a new way of living. Set free by you, for you, in you.
In Jesus' name, amen.